welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey, welcome to your favorite movie podcast, where your old aunt and uncle talk about scary movies and how they frighten your aunt and your uncle loves them a little too much. Your mommy and your daddy. Righto. Uh, I am Cindy. <laughs> I'm Josh. Yay. And welcome to October. The month of what I'm calling, hey, there's a witch in it. Hey, there's a witch in that. Okay, so I guess that's what we're doing this month. We are uh, starting the month off. I'm trying to remember what movie are we watching. Okay, so we're watching La Machera del Demonio, a.k.a. The Mask of Satan, a.k.a. Black Sunday. Is this a foreign film? This is Italian. Okay. Um, Uh, We're going to be watching like the English version. Got it. Okay. Um, Yeah. This movie was released in Italy in 1960 and it got a U.S. release in 1961. So we will be talking about the year 1960, which neither of us remember. I was going to say, we can't do, uh, what do you remember about that? That was 20 years before I was born and you were born. Um, But the year 1960 was a wild one. A wild one? Um, So Algiers revolted against France. Okay. The Greensboro oh. set-ins were that year. That's crazy that it was... That doesn't seem... All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 3,500 troops were sent to Vietnam. Wow. And something that was over in no time. <laughs> something that we're still not worrying about today. Uh, Ben-Hur won Best Picture. Okay. Um, the Civil Rights Act was passed. All right. The Okay. Niger, the Ivory Coast, and Chad all broke away from uh, France that year. Good for them. And Kennedy was elected. Oh, that's going to end well, too. Yeah. What was it? There's like a thing that like presidents that were elected on years that end in zeros, mm-hmm. like either died in office or were shot. Oh. Like a lot of them. Uh, even like Reagan. It was like 1980, right? Yeah. He got shot. I think he ended the curse by not dying, unfortunately. <laughs> um <laughs> But, yeah, was shot. So, like, most of the presidents who have been assassinated were elected on years that ended at zero. Interesting. Uh, like, William Henry Harrison, who died in office from pneumonia, I think was a zero year. So, there you go. Um, I'm trying uh, to think. We haven't really had good. one since Kennedy. I'm going through my head. Sorry. All right. Let's continue. Uh, people <clears throat> that were born that year. Okay. Michael Stipe. Oh, I love R.E.M. We don't talk about them enough. James Spader. Hugo Weaving. Okay. Bono. Okay. Chilla Swinton. Julianne okay. Moore. Oh, nice. And the greatest actor of his generation. Tom Cruise. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ah. Uh, it was one of the two. JCVD. It was one of the two. Um, I didn't put anyone that died I had that a 50-50 chance. Because it was just a bunch of old uh, people that would not be relative, like, wouldn't relate to the podcast. Okay. So we're going to skip that uh, morbid section and go right into the movies that came out that year. So this came Are there out, some excellent, amazing ones? Uh, yeah, it's 1960. Okay. I didn't have to look it up to know it's the year of Psycho. Okay. So that's the year that Psycho, Breathless, Spartacus, Swiss Family Robinson. Oh, we loved Swiss Family Robinson when I was yeah. little. Village of the Damned. I love a good treehouse. Uh, and the House of Usher all came out that year. So That's a good Vincent Price movie. That's what we're looking at right now. Okay. Um, so it's a good year for movies. Yeah. It's, you know... A, a good a, a lot of those movies become classics yeah and this movie classic okay so and this movie is also in your sweet spot because black sunday is italian. Uh, italian it is one hour 
and 27 yes. minutes long. <laughs> uh, it's directed by Mario Bava. We've had Bava Bava. Yeah. Um, I fucking love Mario Bava. Maybe the second most important Italian horror filmmaker. A second? It's either him or Fulci at number two. Number one is definitely Dario Argento. Okay. Um, more on that later. Um, so Bava directed A Bay of Blood, Black Sabbath, which we watched, Blood yep. and Black Lace, which we watched, yep. uh, Planet of the Vampires, Kill Baby Kill, Lisa and the Devil. Like Mario Bava is the reason Italian horror exists, essentially. Um, this was one of the first horror films um, to come out after World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, mm-hmm. they were banned. So what? you weren't what? allowed to have... They're just fun, bright, hyper-color movies. No? Well, I mean, yes, but horror was a banned genre in Italy. Why? Under... Because they're just, like, Catholic? Il Duce. Um, yeah, when you have a dictator who hates horror and decides that you're not allowed to make it, you don't make any. Um, which is why, like, you look at Nazi filmmaking and Italian filmmaking during World War II, mm-hmm. and it's kind of shitty. Because they got, like, all either killed or ran all the talent out of town. Ah, uh, yeah. And then you'll, put you'll a bunch of, that. like, people that would swear fealty to the crown. They're in, about to have and that they happen made again. a whole lot of nothing that of note. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, Germany, for instance, was churning out movies for the entire war. And people really only remember Lenny Riefenstahl's documentary. Yeah. Like, they didn't really do anything of note. Because everyone who was talented in the German film industry Left. came to America. Yeah. They all pieced out. And then ended up making, like, B-movies. Yeah. <laughs> because they were, you know, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there you go. This movie sets the stage for Italian horror, which becomes, like... A staple of Italian filmmaking. Like, Italian horror is huge and hugely influential. Like, Italian horror is the reason that the slasher exists. Like, they took old American tropes and then created Giallo, and then Giallo came back across to America and became the slasher. So, without Mario Bava, you don't have, like, the Halloween and Friday the 13th. Like, Mm -hmm. those things wouldn't have maybe existed without italian filmmaking oh so and it kind of all builds off the back of mario bava in this movie with what he did mandy really reminds me of um, all the colors yeah like the bright colors and kind of the cuts and stuff well, this movie's in black and white oh so there you there, go there goes that uh it's written by i love saying italian names ennio di concici concini Con- okay concini, uh who wrote divorce italian style um weekend italian style and a lot of hercules movies because he was an italian writer <laughs> film so you do what you can all right they made a fuckload of hercules movies <laughs> okay like i think we talked about this before we talked about bava but if this is your first time listening um italian filmmaking is maybe the one nationality of film that is entirely reactive okay right? like they're they go oh that that movie worked. Let's make 700 of them until people don't want to see them anymore. And then the next thing happens, like there was George Reeves, Hercules movies. They made mm-hmm. one and it was a huge success. So they made 700 of them. Of like, <laughs> geez, Hercules, like sword and sandal epic movies. Yeah. And then that well started to run dry. And then you had some filmmakers making Westerns with like Clint Eastwood. Oh, that's where you get the spaghetti Westerns from. all of a sudden they were like, why don't we just bring American actors over and make Westerns? And that ran forever. 
and then horror ran forever like it just italians do this thing of like oh we've primed the pump with one hit movie so let's make 75 (laughs) versions of that yeah of that movie yeah um italy baby but when they make a good one it's good yeah um the other writer on this movie was mario serendiri um who was an actually an editor he edited uh the battle of algiers blood and black lace il demonio um black sabbath the leopard which is a movie you would absolutely love because it's like this lucio visconti made it it's this like very slow moving piece about like class and wealth it's really pretty i would like that uh and then black sunday he also edited this movie okay um and then it's from a tale by nikolai golgo nikolai Um, gogo yeah who was a russian humorist dramatist and novelist born in like the 1800s i believe wow um in what is now ukraine okay and he ended up writing the story for v V i y which is what the most famous Russian horror film of like the 20th century or basically. Okay. Yeah. Because Russians love some science fiction. They don't make a lot of horror. Okay. It's not really in their wheelhouse. All right. So there you go. Um, This movie stars Barbara Steele. Um, We've talked about Barbara Steele before. I was going to say that's a, that's a name I should recognize, but I don't know if I do. She's pulling double duty as are a lot of people in this movie. She's playing princess Asa and Katya. Katya. Yeah. Um, she would, the year after this, star in Roger Corman's uh, The Pit and the Pendulum. Okay. She was in Eight and a Half, which is like one of the biggest art films ever. Caged Heat, which is an early John, I think the first John of the Demi movie. Um, and yeah. Piranha. She's Piranha. the scientist who, who says, <laughs> she's like, can't Piranha. say Piranha. Piranha. She can't say Piranha. Yeah. So she's the uh, the female lead. Okay. Uh, and then we got John Richardson, who plays Dr. Gorobi, who would go on to be in One Million Years BC with a fur bikini clad Raquel Welch. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. John the Bastard, Torso, and he was in The Church, a.k.a. Demons. Three. Demons 3. Directed by Michelle Suave. Okay. Remember how we watched Demons and Demons 2? And I was like, then there's like Demons right. 3, we but it's technically that. like the church. It's like a whole separate thing. Um, okay. So there you go. And then we've got Andrea uh, Chechi as Dr. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, you mind writing? Okay. Dr. Spock. Kravayan, I think is how you say it. Oh, okay. Dr. Kravayan, um, who was in Waterloo, A Bullet for the General and the Assassin. Evo Garani plays Prince Vaja, who is also in The Leopard in Waterloo. And then we've got Arturo Dominici, who plays Igor, who went on to be in an, infe- in, ah, in an investigation of a citizen above suspicion, Castle of Blood, and Hercules. He was in the movie Hercules with oh. George Reeves. So you go, he's in a ton of, there's so many Hercules movies. Um, there, there you go. Yeah, I'm, I, for a minute I thought it was going to be... Um, the Hercules in New York with like Pretzi and stuff. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> where they dubbed Arnold's voice, it's like Arnold, and he talks, and he's like, well, "Welcome to Manhattan." Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My father is a god. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, this movie is available on Shutter. Okay. That was gonna be my next question. Um, it's Corman and the rights to these, like in America. So there's all kinds of like Blu-rays and everything, DVDs. Cool. This movie's not a hard movie to find. Um, like I said, shutter it up. Um, shutter it up. Shutter it up. Is that what is that? Is that what they say? No, they should. Shutter Trademark. it up. 
So this movie's short. This movie's fun. This movie's beautiful. This movie is the reason an entire country has a horror thing. It's the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the movie, and I try to tell you what it will be about. Oh, those are some eyes. Stare into these eyes. Discover deep within them the unspeakable, terrifying secret of Black Sunday. It will paralyze you with fright. Please note, the producers of Black Sunday recommend that it be seen only by those over 12 years of age. Your youngest is in. Dun, dun, dun. So I'm going to say that this is a witch um, who is accused of... Tom Fullery. And they do the thing where they throw her in the water and she either floats or sinks and then she sinks and they're like, oh, oops. And then she comes back to life and kills them all. Uh, I enjoy the fact that you think this movie came out in 1960, so you don't think it's going to go hard. Okay. This movie goes a little hard in the paint. Um, Oh. I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to probably watch it with your mom. I think your mom's going to enjoy it maybe after the, I think the opening she's not going to be a huge fan of. Okay. but we'll get there. Uh, this movie is fucking fun. Watch All it on right. Shutter. Watch it on Blu-ray. Do whatever. Mario Bava fucking rules. All right. Take us out. Nice. Well, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Horror. Anguish. And terror are powerful words. But more than words, the chill language of living images shows that the mask of Satan is a picture of unparalleled emotion. It tells a tale of a strange, dark fascination set in a spine-chilling atmosphere of fear. It's death! I've just seen death! She's breathing. We're in the presence of some unnatural mystery. Sunday, and I kept calling it Black Sabbath, or, yeah, Black Sabbath, <laughs> which is a different movie from a previous season. What did everybody think? This was a very interesting movie. It was definitely not what I thought it was going to be, for sure. I don't think it was anything anybody thought it was going to be. You didn't think it was going to be a witch, vampire... Brother combo? Movie. No. You didn't think in the 1800s, in like... Romania or wherever. Wherever they were supposed to have been. Some Slavic Moldavia nation. Moldavia or something like that. A Slavic nation that we don't need, that probably doesn't exist anymore. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so what was this movie about? Wild. 
This movie is about a curse placed on a family by a witch and her vampire brother lover both let's go ahead and get this out of the way okay yes please so barbara steel's witch um is sentenced to death by her brother in a very right 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 by her brother in the past okay for committing witchcraft right and in it's way more clear in the italian version that it's incest brother fucking (laughs) with the other brother Right. So there's, we take it three siblings in the past. There's the brother who's like, it's very Game of I Thrones. won't stand for witchcraft and brother fucking. And then there's very the the witch and the knight brother of which he is fucking. Um, so there you go. So they are uh, <laughs> cursed and killed. And then we jump about 200 years. 200 exactly, I think. And it's, uh, you know, they come back from the dead and you know it a wild romp ensues it's very fun it, it it's a lot because there's they claim another victim they try to keep the revenge going about the family what does imdb say <laughs> make um, this easy vengeful witch and her fiendish servant are turned from the grave and begin a bloody campaign to possess the body of the witch's beautiful look-alike descendant there you, there you go that was played con- by barbara Steele. obviously that was very concise. My way was not. <laughs> yeah. So this movie is essentially a witch condemned to death, um, wakes up after 200 years because the doctors went prodding through the because, crypt. Because some white people were fucking shit up. It yeah, very, accidentally yeah. destroy the cross that's holding her to there. <laughs> and then yeah. he cuts his hand on the glass and then the blood from his hand gets into her eyeball that's See, missing. it was not that easy for me to be able to sum that no, up. No, I mean, this movie, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, IMDb did a much better job because it is, it's um, the people that accidentally release the witch end up being part of the, oh, you fucked up and now it's like, you're a vampire too and the woman you love, question mark? Is in danger and <laughs> this movie is so Italian in the fact that they're like, even though this is one of the very first post Mussolini horror films, mm-hmm. right? One of the first Italian sound horror films. So this is really like the foundational level of Italian horror, and right from the get go, Italian Italian horror is like witches or vampires. What about both? And incest at the same time. <laughs> like yep. she's a vampire witch. Yep. Um, so that's a thing. <laughs> Just take a little whatever we need to make the story work and go. It was very um, and make it creepy as fuck, and have it turn on its side. Like, yep. And true to Mario Bava standards. It well, okay. This movie, like most Mario Bava movies, especially English translation versions mm-hmm. of Mario Bava movies, the dialogue is. Eh. Because it's going through, like, actors who speak different languages. Translators. And dubbing. Like, you you dub for all these different territories. And the dubbing's sometimes fucking wild. And the voices don't quite match. They seem to be very proud of their dubbing. They're the dubbing of America. Yeah, there's there's a whole, like, thing about Italian movies where... 
They were very. They would proud basically of that. like a lot of Italian directors. I don't, I don't necessarily say Bava did this, but I know a lot of Italian directors would go in to make a movie, and they would go, "Well, our lead's American. <laughs> um, all of our bad guys are German and Spanish and French and Italian." So they would just say, they're like, this movie's going to be dubbed. When it goes to America, it's going to be dubbed when it goes to France. It's going to be dubbed when it goes to Germany. Right. So they would just tell actors, just count in your native language. And then and they'll so just that way dub over movie, it. And they would just dub in lines over it for a lot of, like, especially Italian Westerns. It makes um, sense. I mean, that's your audience, right? And then, yeah, what they would do is <clears> they would pull, if there was, like, the third build person was German they would do a German release, and then they would be the one highlighted on the poster. Gotcha. That makes sense. Like, That's a genius. Come see Klaus Kinski. That's a genius. In a Western. Genius move with right there. Sport. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, those things Italians did happen. were really good at marketing films. It, real, real yeah. good. Yeah. Still pretty good at it. Oh, I didn't know um, that. When so, I think... <laughs> there you go. When I think Baba, I mean, I'm not... You know, as knowledgeable, obviously, as others who listen to the podcast and you. But I always think of the bright, like the bright over the top colors and scenes and things like that. And um, like we mentioned in the first half, this was in total black and white. But you kind of don't even notice that. It's um, there's like really lush, gross textures. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of work being done without there isn't the need for color. Well, and the thing that, thanks for, you kind of drew me back to what I was going to say when I was originally talking about the downside of, like, these movies. Oh. The upside is, Bava was a cinematographer, and he is really good at images, mm-hmm. um, which is what you were just kind of talking about. Yep. He knew this movie was going to be black and white, so. So in addition to, like, blood and gore, every, there's also, like, this weird waxy film on people when they come back mm-hmm. from the dead. And they almost look wet, but it's not. And it's not, like, slime. It, it's like a waxy. It's really quite creepy and gross. It's because being undead makes you super horny. Nice. <laughs> uh, he shot this movie knowing it was going to be a black and white. He shot it in, like, monochrome color. Mm-hmm. Like... They said, hey, everything is going to be either black, white, or shades of gray. And they just painted everything those colors. And all the that outfits and stuff were picked to be that color. Because if, if you've ever, I mean, I know you have, but listener, if you've ever seen Ed Wood, the movie Ed Wood, uh-huh. there's a really good joke in that where the movie's shot in black and white, and he holds up two dresses, and they're both different shades of gray. Yep. And he's like, which one? <laughs> Which one, you know, should we go with? And he's like, I go with the the, gray. the light gray one. And he's like, they're Both green like. or blue. <laughs> like, so colors read differently. Yeah. And you avoid that, like, things not popping the way you want with how the color he just went ahead and gray scale. They just did everything in gray scale. Which is totally the opposite of what I've come to expect from a Bava film. Oh, he gets, like, when Baba, because this is his first film, right? Okay, yeah. So, undoubtedly, out of the gate, they're like, you're a good cinematographer. You're going to make this movie. This was definitely at a time where you were still seeing, like, Psycho came out this year. And it was in black and white. This is a great year for movies. Because it was meant to be cheaper. 
right? Okay. Like a lot of, especially horror, was shot in this period in black and white because it was a lot cheaper. It was cheaper to shoot in black and white. And they were like, "Eh, some of it looks better in black and white anyway. So they weren't going to give him the budget to do color. But like we've seen with like Black Sabbath, when he gets to do color... He does he color. He fucking runs with it. <laughs> he sure does. He's like, what if uh, this wall was fuchsia? And the lady wore a bright lemon yellow dress. Yeah, and then it and that and translates. And heels. Yeah, then that directly translates to the way Argento uses color. Right. When Argento kind of, well, does it kind of, when Argento takes the mantle of being the Italian horror filmmaker. See previous episodes. What, um, this, it... <sighs> Okay, I him and Hall. Is this movie meant to be archived? I mean, this is movie that was purchased and released by Sam Z. Arkoff, so okay. probably <laughs> action. Yeah, it's not really an actiony kind of movie. More, it's okay. Well, let's do this. Okay, let's take a step back and archive it from not. We can't look at this movie through a modern lens when you're talking about its release. Okay. We have to look at it for how this movie would have played in 1960. Okay. In an era where Psycho was shocking. All right. So, yes, this is rather action-packed when we put that (laughs) caveat on there, which makes sense. Um, Let's see. Revolutionary? Revolutionary? 100,000%. It created a whole industry. Yeah. It It wasn't even really... A vampire movie, you know, like it made sense to have it be put here as in our, mm-hmm. there's a witch in this movie. Well, month. we we talk about, you know, we did like demons, mm-hmm. like demons, all of those movies that are Italian and horror films have, they trace their lineage back to this movie. Oh. This is where Italian horror became a thing. And they are like a country that is like, they're one of the big, probably three countries known for horror. Yeah. It's like the United States... Italy and Japan <laughs> are countries that are known for their horror. Oh, well, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um, okay, so the revolutionary killing, yes, right off the bat, there's plenty of that. Um, we get a we get a witch killing at the beginning and yep. end of the film. Yep, and it's wild. Yeah. Also, real fast, I know that the by the end of the movie where. She's tried to steal young Barbara Steele, like mm-hmm. current Barbara Steele's beauty, and swap places with her, and she's done all these evil things. Right. I'm still wildly uncomfortable at, like, torch-bearing peasants, like, burning a person. <laughs> yeah, that's still a little... Um, I'm still like, I know she's a witch, and she's evil, and she You're should die, You're bleeding hard as showing I just... No, it's just watching anyone be mobbed. Makes me intensely uncomfortable. I think I'm it's like, meant to. Mob mentality. Yeah, because it's that idea of like, yeah, she deserved it, but did she deserve this? Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. It's like two She didn't of, come back from the dead to kill people. Two of the biggest triggers for me in movies as far as like making me uncomfortable are we've talked about when someone loses like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That There's makes like me a really weird money I'm situation. Like, yeah. It makes me very tense. And also like in films like Invasion of the Body Snatchers where the whole world turns against you. Yeah. Those things I'm always like, I don't, uh, I don't give a shit yeah. about that. Like you wake up one day and you're like, so I'm still normal, but the whole world is now different and everyone's out to get me. 
Well, it's kind of just my default. It's always my default setting, just in life. So like, I'm used to that. I don't give a shit. Fair. It's just like, oh, it, okay. Uh, <laughs> sad reality. <laughs> uh, oratory. Uh, oratory. There's some pretty interesting lines and silly kind of things that are said. Yeah, it's the hard. names are weird. It's hard to judge this movie because it's Italian. It's dubbed. Yeah, but like. Um, the idea that the name is something totally different on the title card than in the dubbing and on the on the well, yeah, I mean, you got to think this movie was released in Italy in 1960 as La Machera del Demonio, and then it goes to England, and it gets picked where up. As... It's released as the Mask of Satan. It's right. probably banned. Like England was like too far because they're the. Hmm stupidest country mm-hmm. uh and then aip american international pictures which is roger corman and sam harkoff bought this movie for a hundred thousand dollars okay which was more far more than it was paid to make it and it's then it far- opened it was like the biggest aip release of that time yeah like it was their biggest money maker well that's good uh and then as far as fantasy and fornication definitely you know the fantastical element is there that's easy um, and then what's interesting about the fornication is it's, there is no like nudity, right? There is no, uh, like s- there's cleavage, but then it's that, oh, but they were brother and sister. Like that element that's kind of thrown in there. I think that would kind of fit for fornication because that's what that's about, I guess. Does that make sense? Oh, no. I mean, it's definitely, and it's way more apparent in the Italian release. Right. They're very, they're not very shy about being like, oh, they're related and they are having sex. And they're fucking. And he also, the Undead Knight has a mullet. Yes. Um, But, and a waxy face. And they all have holes on their face. Well, from the masks. Yeah, no. The masks But it made them look like they had, like, acne scars. The masks fucking rule. They were pretty cool. I, I I wonder if that's like a collector's thing i wish is he would have wore the mask longer him the yeah. when the brother like, came i get back? why you want barbara still to not wear it because it you have to you know show that oh like she just a reminder exactly the she's same. the same exact person but i think it would have been creepier if like the knight had had the mask on longer okay because when he first comes out of the dirt wearing it it's pretty creepy yes so I think we just kept that going for a little bit longer. So this is definitely an Arkov movie because, well, it is an Arkov movie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, good thing it fits with it fits the bill. The I think it's worth noting that this movie was not only a huge, huge influence on Italian horror. It was a huge influence on american horror too okay um richard donner said that he modeled the entire cemetery scene in the omen on the scene at the beginning where barbara still shows up with those dogs in the graveyard yes um a lot of francis ford coppola's uh 92 dracula film lifted from this right? really? like the way yeah like, certain things were framed and like outfits oh interesting and, and then Tim Burton mentions that this is like his favorite movie or one of his favorite movies. Cool. And then you can see a direct line between this and Sleepy Hollow. 
To the point where yes. they put the witch in the Iron yeah. Maiden and she comes out and she's covered in those little holes yes. and like blood goes everywhere. Right. As soon as you said that, I'm like, yep, that that's immediately where my, what my mind went to. Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie. Yeah, that was the witch in the flashbacks. Okay. So this was overall a great movie. Would I watch this with my kids? Probably not. They're not really into things like this. We did watch it with my mom. She loved it. Um, what are we watching next week, Josh? So we've had a good run of movies that have been good mm-hmm. and some that we've enjoyed. And we've been like, oh, this is so much fun. We've been on the exact same page. So it's time to get back into the title of the podcast. Okay. And watch something that is going to scare the shit out of you. What What's that, Josh? So we are going to watch, because it's the month of, it's got a witch in it. We're going to do The Conjuring. Okay. Didn't that, when did that come out, Josh? 2013. That's what I thought. All right. <clears throat> From the director of Insidious. Ter- terrific. Yay. Pretty pumped about it. All right. It's one of my mom's all-time favorite movies. Well, until next time. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs>